1: Recording started.
0: Hello, everybody. I want to
1: welcome you to this week's May Chucks Discussion Group Call for Tactical Sovereignty. Uh, We're heading off in a little bit of a different direction uh, this evening, October 3rd, 2021. And uh, it's actually kind of interesting that we're doing this in October, doing this in the fall, because it seems like a lot of very interesting things have happened in the fall months. Um, the information I'm going to be presenting, a lot of it is knowledge that's been gained over time throughout my life. Uh, There's a share of it that has uh, really come strong to me probably the past 15 years and even more the past five years. And a lot of the stuff that was shown to me and that I've seen um, helped make sense of things that had happened much, much earlier in life. What I want to point out this evening, there's a lot of websites you can go to, YouTube channels you can go to, where you're going to see a lot of uh, kind of what I would look at as the fluff. Um, actually, in the terms that agencies use, it, it's referred to as information, because there's plenty of information out there, lots of information, uh, most of which isn't valid. And and then there's knowledge, which is information that's been proven to be true and useful, uh, it's actionable information, if you want to put it that way. and. Then at the top of it is what's referred to as intelligence. And a lot of what I'm going to be covering this evening falls under the intelligence category. And one of the significant markers of intelligence is that intelligence is secret. Uh, Normally most of our podcasts are done audio only. I inadvertently just left the uh, video on but I've got really good reception where I'm at, so there shouldn't be any problem with breaking up or anything like that. (sighs) A number of years ago, well, let me me back up even earlier. Growing up, uh, my father had spent about 17 years of university time, and he had a lot of books ranging, I would say, from spirituality, uh, psychology, those kind of things, which are very closely related to each other. And fortunately for me, uh, his library was right across the hall from my bedroom. And uh, not being one of the most wealthy families and not having the greatest access to Maybe some of the things kids were doing at that time, whether it was, you know, video games, stuff like that, which I really didn't care about. I spent a lot of time um, pulling a book from his bookshelf and reading those books. I would lay in the bathtub reading books by um, psychiatrist Nixon regarding psychology and how the mind works and things like that. And a lot of information that started getting disseminated to people um, really started growing a lot, I would say, the past 50 years. And especially the, the past probably 15 years or so with the advent of the Internet. And we know who controls that. right? Uh, that's another one of these organizations that had a mysterious starting point. And I'm going to be covering a few of those this evening. But one of the things I really wanted to get into tonight was, you know, not a lot of the fluff or whatever that you easily find disseminated over uh, media. But I want to get into the things that don't necessarily get pointed out. There are a few people that have talked about aspects of them over time, but haven't really pulled together the full picture. And what I want to do this evening is make an attempt at pulling together the full picture of this, so that people can recognize the day and the age that they're in. Uh, There's a statement that Yeshua supposedly made to the Pharisees. That he said, "You know, uh, how come uh, you know when to plant and grow things, and but though you don't know the season that you're in, yet you don't know the stars, you know, as well as you think you do." And that's exactly what we should be paying attention to today. I believe, well, no, I I don't believe because I don't like using the term belief. A belief is just an opinion that is very seldom based on any real knowledge. I, I know that what was actually spoken of by Yeshua hasn't grown the way it was supposed to grow it hasn't been taught the way it was supposed to taught and a, I might trigger some buddy that might be a hard fast or staunch uh, christian this evening with some statements i might make uh, but i make no apologies for that i i think that the churches have not been teaching uh, what yeshua was teaching um if they had been, we would be at a position today which he had said that the things that he had done, we will do, and we will even do greater. And I don't even see people barely even being able to match up to him, uh, myself included. And some of the things I'm going to be covering this evening and and what I'm showing here is information that has been Presented to me uh, more, I would say, in private channels. And I don't have a problem disseminating it this evening because the way it was presented to me wasn't necessarily in a secret mode, in my opinion. For a number of years, I was receiving about once every two weeks a large envelope in the mail that contained 20 to 30 pages that some of them might have been handwritten and some of them were typed out. Uh, None of them were computer generated at that time. And this really wasn't that long ago, uh, probably 15 years ago or so. And what I gathered through reading them as they came in was that um, I was being educated regarding Socially, what was seen to need to be occurring. And ultimately, what I was seeing was that there was an attempt to, say, maybe recruit me. Now, I say I don't have a problem disseminating this information because it wasn't given to me, say, you know, dear Brian Parker. And then at the end from... John Smith or cordially Bob Jones or anything like that. It it was presented to me in an anonymous form. So if there was something or someone to protect, uh, I would think that possibly might've been stated, but since there was not a someone or something necessarily directly referred to, um, I don't have any problem in, in talking about these things. You know, we know, well, not everybody knows. Many know that a lot of changes really started happening, and, and I'm going to just use the term America tonight. I'm not going to say United States, or United States of America. There's conflicting ideas on what those things all mean. I'm just going to say America, and when I say that, I'm talking about um lower 48, basically, okay? A a lot of things really started to amp up and change in the mid to late 1940s. There was a lot of cultural changes, uh, a, a lot of changes in society in general as far as entertainment went and how people were being disseminated information. If you weren't reading the newspaper at that time, you would catch news clips way back then prior to watching a movie at the movie theater. Uh, Back when you were spending, I don't know what, 10 cents or something like that to go to the theater and a couple cents for a soda. And so much has changed. and, And so much of the things that have been talked about and shown to people, people today see these things that were spread back then and don't really think much of it and for good reason because they're not supposed to it was all supposed to be done in a way that made everything feel very normal and and very usual and nothing out of the ordinary uh, however back in the time that some people were talking about these things and, and they, they weren't talking to them Uh, in the open to everyone they would go to special groups say like Dr. Richard Day he had a closed meeting with a group of other uh, pediatricians I believe it was in Philadelphia and he laid out these things and many of the things that were told by him those people kind of looked at him as I'll use air quotes the normies maybe would look at someone like David Icke today and they thought this guy was off his rocker. But if you go and read the things that he was saying in that speech, and that this was in 69. This is even later on from where I'm going to be starting at this evening. In 69, these people thought he was Looney Tunes. But if you look at these things today, it's like, yeah, what are you talking about? No big deal. That's the way things are done. But... Uh, so much has changed, and, and people haven't really realized it. One of the things I paid attention to a lot in growing up was my grandmother. She died, I believe, just short of 101 years old. And she went from the time of you know riding in a carriage to having people with cell phones and, and flying on jet planes herself, and it, it was just, she lived, I believe, an amazing life to be able to see how much growth had happened in her hundred years here in America. Which makes you wonder, well, what about the previous few hundred years or thousands of years? Why did it take so long for some of these things to come about? And a lot of people have pointed uh, anonymously like to situations such as what happened in Roswell, New Mexico. Uh, That, I believe, occurred 1947, 1948. And they're so close to the truth right there without really fully realizing it. Because there was something else bigger that happened uh, in the desert in 1946. And that was when uh, two gentlemen teamed up together, uh, L. Ron Hubbard and Jack Parsons. Yeah, a few people probably know that story, but it, it, so many things have happened that have influenced governments just by several men coming together. Um, I would also look at um, Edward Kelly and John D. Uh, this is back in roughly 1530, 1540s, 1550s, and... Uh, John Dee was an advisor to the queen, uh, to, uh, after she was, you know, let out of her captivity by the previous queen, and so he was advising her regarding, you know, astrology. And later, he was kind of shunned by people, basically from a, a death prediction of the previous queen, and these guys they were digging into the Akashic records and they believed that they were being connected with spirits and that these spirits were going to teach them the secrets, the secrets of the ages and and teach them really how to fully comprehend and read the Akashic records. Uh, John Dee and Edward Kelly kind of ended up splitting because part of what this spirit wanted them to do um, was wife swap and a lot of things that were getting experimented there with there was uh, what you would call sex magic and things really didn't turn out for them the way they wanted them to turn out and even in John D's diary Much later on when it was read, he stated in there, quote, I think the spirits lied to me. And that's one of the things that people need to watch out for when you're getting into these dark realms and dealing with this deep, dark, uh, underground movement. And I'm just going to refer to it as an underground movement. There's some people who call it Satanism. Uh, I think that's too limiting personally because I believe there are many minions out there that are are not promoting the real truth the the way it needs to be told. But they are giving enough information, enough knowledge to people that they're able to advance, advance their culture, uh, advance society, uh, in particular to advance those that have made agreements with them. Uh, which would particularly be uh, governments and large corporations, probably more specifically large corporations. And the, the same thing that, that occurred with Edward Kelly and John D uh, was going on with the project called uh, Babylon working, which was performed in the Nevada desert uh, near the, the Utah border. In fact, It's interesting. Even today, if you were to go uh, there in the Nevada desert where this happened at, it's called Devil's Gate. Uh, This occurred in 1946 at Devil's Gate. And if you go there today, you would find that it's a long trip to get there. And many of the roads are over an hour, actually, of your travel time to get to Devil's Gate is on dirt roads. And you have to make sure you really know the way to get there. You have to navigate carefully because it's easily sidetracked onto other dirt roads that go other directions. So I find it very interesting that uh, nothing was done maybe to uh, pave the way out there even just as a tourist destination or, or anything else like that. But Jack Parsons and L. Ron Hubbard, and if you know those names sound familiar to people, L. Ron Hubbard uh, started up Scientology, which is very big. I've several times been up near their campuses, up in Clearwater, north of here, and uh, Jack Parsons uh, was responsible for uh, JPL, uh, which was called well, I think he liked to probably call it Jack Parsons Laboratories, it was called Jet Propulsion Laboratories. And Jet Propulsion was something very new to people at that time. That This was really a big boost and a kickstart to space agencies and things like that. NASA started about 12 years later in 1958 and was supposedly utilizing these things that Jack Parsons had discovered and Jack Parsons and L. Hubbard like I said they were involved with Babylon Working which was their project that they were holding on uh, near Devil's Gate and their goal for this was really to bring back uh, simply I guess what you call the Whore of Babylon or Sophia is also a name that the spirit has been given and it was going to be a sex magic ritual that would result in the birth of the spirit. Shortly after this time, actually I believe they, they went to, uh, L Ron Hubbard, I think it was, and had asked him because of things that were happening in that area. Uh, Regarding uh, people that were not acting very sane, uh, large rashes of crime of all varieties, but probably specifically uh, where true harm was being caused physically. I'll, I'll just put it that way. And officials went to them and asked, you know, do you think you guys had anything to do with this? And uh, the reply was, yes, I'm afraid we did. And part of the issue was is that in these projects and things that are done, and I believe a lot of people are familiar with CERN, for instance, what's happening ultimately is a porthole is being opened up. And one of the requirements, believed requirements of, these rituals where a porthole is being opened up is that the one who opens it is also the one that has to be there to close it. Since he knew how to open it, only he can close it. And unfortunately, it wasn't much after this that Jack Parsons uh, died of an accident at his home. Uh, He was working on explosives and he had picked up gigs uh, working for different Hollywood companies. And so he was working on at uh, demolition things for them, you know, just movie scene type stuff. And I always find it fascinating that so much of this revolves right back to Hollywood and not Hollywood specifically, but Los Angeles. If people are familiar with the work of uh, David McGowan, where He talks about, I think his book is uh, Weird Scenes Inside the Canyon. It it was just so interesting that people from all different areas of the world all migrated at the same time around 1970 to Laurel Canyon because that was supposedly the place to go to kick off your music career. Uh, How that was decided, who knows? Interestingly, also, Laurel Canyon has an Air Force. I don't want to call it a base because it's not a base. They just had uh, some, several buildings there that they used. A lot of those actually were used also to uh, make propaganda for the Hollywood movies from the military's viewpoint, or at least what they wanted people to suppose that was occurring there. All right. This event, 1946, with Babylon rising, or Babylon working, I would also draw a correlation with this to much of the esoteric work of, say, the um, secret schools, or the philosophy schools, uh, the magic schools, however people want to term them. And these schools exist in, in probably, I think, I've counted about five different forms. Uh, there's kind of a surface form that a lot of people see, where some of this knowledge will be taught at and will be shown at. A lot of those may be in uh, different private clubs. I'll just put it that way, where the brothers meet. Uh, that, that would be more of a surface level. And then as you dig down deeper and deeper into the other levels, like I said, there's about five levels. At the core of it, you're going to find the definite, definite secret groups that are teaching each other some of this work, some of this magic. If you look at a lot of the things that really aren't talked about scripturally, we should really be fully aware that there is not just one god a christian will tell you there's only one god well that that just means that they only worship one god because that's what scripture said it said have no other gods before me well if there were no other gods then um, this entity Supposedly referred to as God Wouldn't have to say Have no other gods before me In Psalms In Psalms 81 or 82 Talks about um, The Lord standing In the council of the gods And Where he he, he was basically Admonishing them And telling them that they were going to Die like men You know, they they may be gods, but they were going to die like men. And the reason for this is because what had happened, we we know the general story of Satan being cast to Mount Hermon. But overall, what really happened is that there were angels that were placed over regions of the world. And... When I say regions, I would say, think of it this way. Say an angel that is supposed to watch over, say, Canada and America, right? North America. Um, there may be an angel that watches over a portion of Europe, another one that watches over Asia, other ones that watch over certain islands and things like that. And The problem the Lord had was that these angels were teaching the people things they weren't supposed to be teaching them and getting them to worship them instead of um, the true creator. That's just a very general, general way of looking at it. Now, these angels, these spirits, these entities, say, for instance, I'll give the example for America. You wouldn't have one spirit that was watching over. I mean, they, they're not that powerful, not even close to being that powerful. Uh, they, they cannot even physically manifest. Right. I will tell you that. But what they can do is they can cause things to occur. Uh, or if they can physically manifest. It will be done through another living being, even sometimes through an animal, okay? And these the spirits say that, like I said, there's a spirit over America and it's not that powerful. It can't, how is it going to affect everybody? It can't. So what there is, is there's a hierarchy and that spirit will have other spirits below it that are watching over other regions of America. There might be certain spirits that watch over, like, say, a portion of southern Florida, then a portion of northern Florida, or maybe just one spirit that watches over, uh, say, Rhode Island. But they're really not the ground-level spirits. Even below them, because like I said, there's a hierarchy, they are going to have other little minion spirits underneath them. And those are the little warriors that they use. The little, I call them the warrior spirits, the warrior entities that can affect a household or affect a town. There is a pastor, I don't remember his name right offhand, it just came to my mind, that he has a ministry that what he does is he fights these spirits. And he will get a call from somebody, say, living in a small region of, say, Chattanooga, Tennessee. And it'll be a church that contacts him and says, we need you here. And he'll come with five or six of his guys. And they will walk the streets of that area of town where the church is at and do it for several days, praying and, and casting out whatever entities are there. And whether or not people believe that's real and that can really be done or not, I guess that's up to you. But I would say that when you look at the police reports after he's been there and the police reports of crime have gone down by 98 percent. Yes, I would say it's very effective. And obviously these things are really here. I have. I don't know how to put it. I have a uh, strong dislike or distrust, or I at least question people who have the standpoint that there is nothing else here. It's just us. I and mean, I'm very sorry. There are other spirits here. They can be manifested. I can show evidence of that. I I, I don't do that other than maybe only in the private because it just will trigger some people, okay? And they need to comprehend what's being done to realize it's, whether or not it's necessarily something evil that they are seeing. But after this occurred in 1946, I, I think it's, it's very interesting to look at other events that occurred very, very shortly afterwards. And when I say shortly afterwards, I'm not talking like, you know, NASA being created 10 years later. I'm talking what happened the next year or two, leading right up to that, um, within America, um, in 1947, 1948, some big things happened. Um, in 1945, in fact, the Articles of Agreement, um, were lodged and those articles of agreement of agreement were for the International Monetary Fund, for the IMF. Um, shortly after that, the Cold War began. Um, the first session of the United Nations was on January tenth. Uh, Israel, we, people will know that they split up Palestine in 1947, and in 1948 they declared their independence. Along came um, the Truman Doctrine. And a lot of people point their fingers at Roosevelt as being a horrible president. Personally, I would point my finger more at Truman. Uh, The Truman Doctrine really was established to help spread democracy around the world. And if we see the motivation of the U.S. going into different countries they always say, you know, we've got to spread democracy. <laughs> and I, I always think about what Reagan said, you know, what I think, what do you say it was the five or seven scariest words ever is, I'm the government and I'm here to help. Uh, that couldn't be any more true than the Truman Doctrine, in, in my viewpoint. Um, 48, 1948, also, the sound barrier was broke by the Bell X1. <sighs> You know, I recommend people look into the Bell Company, uh, Raytheon, Raytheon Bell. uh, Some of these other big companies that are being used out there in this art of war. I'm not going to go deep into this, but uh, the Bell Company also plays a very big role in the Kennedy assassination not too long after this as well. A lot of the people involved with that actually were working for the Bell Corporation or went to Bell afterwards. And interestingly enough, this also ties into Howard Hughes. If people remember Howard Hughes and uh, his big plane, the Spruce Goose, uh, Howard Hughes was helping to uh, funnel money. If I recall, correctly, he really did this through creating a medical organization where they found it was easier to transfer money around medically through medical purposes than to say it was necessarily uh, for aviation. Also in 1948, um, Raven Rock uh, was created. Uh, Raven Rock is an underground base, I guess if you want to call it that, uh, near D.C., and it's a fully functioning town, put it that way. Um, uh, Bell Labs also invented the transistor in 1948. Um, In the United States, the the National Security Act, NSA, uh, was also instituted by Truman. I, I think everybody loves the NSA. Uh, mobile phones came about in 1948. Artificial intelligence was written about by Alan Turing. And I'm sure at that time when he was writing about artificial intelligence, I mean, people are thinking, you know, what's this kind of like, you know, I don't know Star trek type stuff probably to them back at that time. Um, uh, holograms were, were being shown by Dennis uh, Gabbitt. And at the same time, isn't it interesting because they've got to keep everybody's kind of focus somewhere else. And one of the more popular movies came about at that time called Miracle on 34th Street. Uh, all of these things that were, were being pushed to try, they're they, they being created and being shown this information by these other entities. And there's been many people that were precursors to a lot to a lot of this like I, like I talked about with Kelly and John D um, you can go back to around nineteen hundred with uh, Crowley, Alistair Crawley, and uh, the creation of his re- religion uh, Thelema um, and it was interesting also that you know. Babylon Working was done in 1946, and I believe 1947 is when Alistair Crowley died a year later. Now, at the same time, for these spirits to really be able to take over and influence things, we need to recognize the patterns in society that have been done. A lot of it, gosh, it seems like it's instituted smooth as silk. It just kind of rolls into society. People don't even pay any attention to it. But then when you look back, it's like, holy crap, how did so much change in such a short amount of time? I've got so much paperwork on these topics. It's like, where to start? Um, So I'm just going to go to some very basics that others have shown, but they haven't really given you the premise behind it. And there's some main ideas that were going to be used and some basic principles behind them. (coughs) Um, There's essentially four that have been identified. One is uh, to demoralize the people. And this change for demoralization takes generations. And while things are getting demoralized, once things have been demoralized, it opens the door for other things to where then you can implement uh, destabilization and destabilize the people, which only takes a short amount of time, under five years. One of, I think, the best examples to comprehend destabilization is, you know, think about, you know, somebody that's strong, they're an athlete, they're good on their feet, and they're standing on on the sidewalk, and you want to knock them over. Good luck with that, right? Well, destabilization is like taking that athlete and putting that athlete on an ice skating rink. If he's standing on ice, how is he to push then? You can push him all around that ice rink. And to me, that, that's a good example of destabilization because you're taking their foundation, you're taking their underground away from them. After destabilization, along comes crisis. Uh, I look at it also as kind of subversion. This only takes a few weeks, and I think people can look back in the past year and say, yeah, it's very easy to bring across a crisis, to instill a crisis on people. I think back in my life of all the different crises that have happened, all the different enemies that America was supposed to have. And every one of them has been invisible. You really can't point to one of them. Uh, Whether it's Middle Eastern hatred. I've been all over America. I've lived among a lot of people, lived next door to some of these people. I've not seen this hatred really necessarily from them. A lot of what I see from those people actually is they are even more easily controlled by government than other people. They're more fear of government than anyone is. After the crisis comes through, then they decide how they're going to handle the crisis, how to prevent the crisis. And uh, this process is called normalization. And it becomes normal for everybody. Think of a lot of the children today, three, four, five, six years old. Well, if everybody's still wearing a mask 10 years from now, they're not going to think anything of it. They're not going to think there's any big deal to it. They're not going to realize that this is actually psychological warfare. It's not just psychological warfare; it's economic warfare. Um, I actually prefer to add the T word to it—terrorism. And the principles that these people use, that this this dark underground uses, to instill these things will probably sound crazy to some of you listening. But when you stop and think about events that have occurred and things that you've actually seen with your own eyes, it's easy to put some of these labels of these principles on these things. Uh, One of their main principles that they came to realize that makes a lot of this so easy is that, you know, when people believe in a power, you can use that to manipulate them. You, you want them to believe in some sort of a god or believe in Mary or you know whatever man-made religion you want. But when you do that, then you can manipulate them through that religion. One of the sadder things that was found that, that, that they implemented and do implement uh is their principle regarding the use of this power because they found that you know it's basically i call it the principle of abuse that they use because they believe the more people are abused the more they're going to want the abuse the more you abuse of people the more they will want the abuse uh think of things recently it, to me, it's total abuse to have somebody cover their face. It does nothing medically. And what it's supposed to—so shame or something like that—it's uh, supposed to make you inwardly feel even less, maybe. It, you know, it's hurt the ego. But then, what comes next after that? Oh, that wasn't enough. And now maybe you're going to need a jab. Well, actually, it's going to come in two jabs. Oh, wait, no, actually, you're going to get need more of them because you're going to need boosters, okay? The more you abuse people, the more they're going to want the abuse. And they'll even fight for it. People will fight for it. Gosh, it's some of the fights that you've seen, you know, in the different malls and different stores uh, regarding some of these issues. One of their principles is their herd mentality principle. And that is that once you have people into this herd mentality, which people fall into very easily without even realizing it, that at the end of the day, these people are just cattle. They're nothing more than cattle. And they're going to herd them like cattle. I think of the maxim of law that says he that will be fooled let him well you know I, I don't care even if you say oh I, I haven't been fooled but you know I'm just going to go along to get along I, I just don't want the controversy so I'm just going to go ahead and put this on or I'm just going to go ahead and, and get this put in my body just because I, I don't want the controversy uh, I'm sorry you, know, you are just as guilty as those that are enforcing it by just going along with it. Your consent to it shows your agreement with it. That's just basic contract law. One of the statements that these people make that is kind of tough to deal with because you think, gosh, how can people have this level of cruelty in them one of their principal statements is that their plan is completely obvious if people would just open their eyes. And it's so true. They say, our plan has been obvious if people's eyes are open. We're living amongst a lot of blind people today. I don't realize these things that have happened to them. Um, I'm looking here. I've got like six other pages and the stuff wasn't written down. I didn't write all of this in a format to do a presentation. It was just, I needed to get all the information that I had and, and try and cram as much of it as I could onto uh, paper into, into one folder. That way I have things together and I'll, I'll take more of it that I've got eventually and be adding to it. But they, they've, they've done these things not just on a society level, but these are the same exact strategies that they use if they want to go in and take over another nation. Um, they, they will fund the opposition. Sometimes assassination will be involved. And not all assassination is involved in bloodshed. Some assassination uh, is mental. It's emotional. Think of, you know, a, a perfect display of, you know, an old MK, Ultra Tactic, of going and getting a child to put all their faith in somebody. Somebody was their savior. Somebody was their savior. And every time they saw this person, this person was loving them and showering them in gifts, while the other people all kept them in a cage. And then all of a sudden, they see this this woman, generally or man, come along, and, oh, they're here to save me again. Only this time, that man or woman comes up and spits on them and kicks them. Totally fractures them mentally. A great example of that has just been seen in the past few years. A lot of evangelicals put their faith in an earthly savior, in a redheaded savior. And what happened in the end? Eh, he just walked away. Whatever. I don't care what kind of opinions people might think. Oh, But he's going to come back. He's going to come back. You know what? The situation that everybody is in right now with this medical fiasco, who was in charge when it started up? Who propagated it? Who, who initiated the jab? This guy put you there. You've got to realize that guy, just like that man or woman that you think you know is the one that, that that's going to take care of you. Guess what? It's he's being used to fracture your psyche. Um, when they go into these other countries as well, that they use. A takeover of the media. Wow. That doesn't do something too far fetched, does it? They've done it here to their own people. Uh, They create chaos. Uh, Creating chaos, you know, and speaking of this red-headed savior, perfect actually, when it comes to chaos, because that was the way, that was one of his business models within his companies, is that he would have people pitted against each other. And he would have an element of essentially chaos within the company. Because when you do that, when you do that, especially on a society level and you've got, say, the form of chaos you're using is you've got everybody arguing. You've got everybody looking out. So, oh, we got to make sure they're wearing a mask. Or, oh, no, you got to make sure you do this. Or, oh, yes, stay six feet. You know, and following all these crazy chaotic ideas Uh, You've destabilized them, and it's easier to move them off their mark. Uh, Unfortunately, today it seems like most people don't have a mark to be moved off from, and that's the real sad point. That's really what has caused people to be in the position they are today for the society to be in a way that it is today. Gosh, I'm just looking over so many other things here that are used and done. I'd love to get into. We're right at the one hour mark. And I really don't want to overload people with a lot of this. Because a lot of this, what it really comes down to is more basically educational. To help us be able to comprehend and see the enemy. How do you know people? You know people by their deeds. You know them by their actions. Are these people doing things to benefit you? I had a discussion with a young friend of mine several days ago, and I asked her, what things do you want for your life? Well, what things do you want for, your, say, your family? Um, what kind of things do you want for your education? Where are your interests at? And she essentially answered she didn't know on all of those items. We need to know. We need to know the direction that we want to move in. We need to know what our goals are because those goals, those goals are our mark. That is our mark. And if, if we stand on those goals and, and know the direction we want our lives to head in, then we've got something to stand on. If you don't have something to stand on, you're easily going to be pushed around. And that is their goal, to manipulate you and push you around. And more specifically, not even for them to do it, but for them to get you to do it to each other. And that's what we're seeing probably more prevalent than anything today. Some of... Their ideas and their philosophies, I will say, are completely foreign to the way most people think. Because the way a lot of us think, we think on a basis of morality. Well, they don't look at a basis of morality. Like I just showed a moment ago, they see you as cattle. They see you as animals. All right? So when they look at animals, say, for instance, they look at the lion. The lion, in order to feed its cubs, it's going to have to go out and kill a few rabbits. Well, guess what? That's the way they see life. And you're one of the rabbits. Is that moral or immoral? No, it's not. It's just nature. That's just what it takes for one species to survive. Another must disappear. Another another species might have to be the fuel for the survival of someone else and they don't see this as an, a moral issue they don't see this as a right or wrong issue even though we may think it is or you know whatever the case may be does not matter doesn't matter what your opinion is because you're their fodder long as you allow it and unless people really wake up there's a lot of people claiming to be awake i i I say no i say there's a lot of people that are aware they're aware there's an issue there's a they're aware that there's problems but they're not fully awake to it once you see their methodology know their methodology and can identify their methodology you immediately are way more than just aware you're awake you're seeing it you're watching it in action most people don't know what they're seeing they know there's a problem but they don't fully know they don't fully comprehend what they're looking at and what's occurring i know before this whole current situation occurred i went to a grocery store one evening it was about 8 30 in the evening And this grocery store chain normally closes at 11 o'clock at night. And I was walking up towards the front door and a gentleman in a suit and tie was walking out. He was the manager. And he said, oh, sorry, sir. Uh, uh, We're we're closed. We're closed early this evening. I said, closed? Aren't you normally open until like 11? he says, yeah, yeah. We're going to be closing early now, a couple hours early. I said, for what? He says, for cleaning. Because of the, you know what? And I thought, wait a minute. When you close at 11, you can't clean between 11 and 1? Use that two-hour time frame? You can only use the two-hour time frame from, say, 9 o'clock in the evening until 11? Only then can you use that for cleaning? No, you're closing early for a reason. You're... I was like, I, I knew right then something was coming because right then I saw the beginnings of them trying to cut the economy and slow down the spread of, and growth of, of any economic action at all. They wanted to slow down the economic actions. And what was created has been what I call a modern day banker's holiday. The banker's holiday that was done hundred years ago was very easy to do because people's transactions all originated at the bank. And so all they had to do is shut the bank stores. Well, today that's not the case. You've got debit machines at the stores. Um, you've got people using credit cards. There's a lot of other transactions going on. So they had to try to find a way to short the system in as many of those transactions as they possibly could because they weren't going to be able to do all of them, yet you can't close down the Internet. Uh, Amazon had record-breaking days. We know that. I'm sure Bezos is happy. Anyway, I, I just want people to be able to identify some of these things. I thought that possibly this could be maybe a three- or four-part series on this where I'll go more into detail. Maybe I will, uh, maybe not. It uh, just depends on what all people want from it. Uh, Because I can get way further into detail on it. Uh, The only problem is it's not as sexy. It's not entertaining. It's not the fluff. It's more of an educational-based learning rather than just being entertained. I'm going to jump over, I believe, here, and I will unmute everybody. So at which time, if you can, please... Um, mute yourself back out uh, otherwise you can hear everything on these podcasts and if you want to speak um, just politely try not to step on each other and let us know who you are where you're from and uh, give us your thoughts so everybody is unmuted now
2: different than any other <laughs> Yeah. But he said
1: it's the same As any other kind
2: of sexual sin it's the same as, you
1: know, And of course we will I'm letting you know We do hear everything you're saying In the background right now Talking about sexual sin Things like that Yes we hear it
2: <laughs> If you want to meet yourself You can um, um, But
1: this one You, you can address more <coughs> Alright well You went back to (laughs) Muting I guess if somebody wants to raise their hand You can raise your hand I don't recall how that's done now Especially over the phone Uh, But you can do it If you're online It's much easier Uh, Keith Do you have anything to add As the co-host
2: Well you hit on a good point You know I've talked many times about uh, suggested reading for people, and that is Hitler's willing executioners. And the same thing in that incident where people cognitively became part of the mechanism of the very Holocaust. The people that are employed today through these government agencies and everything, doing just they're, they're just doing their job. People like that are literally signing up to be that very Hitler's willing executioner. And that's a sad point in society where we are today, that history, history repeats itself. And in that repetition, we hold ourselves back because, as you said in the beginning of the, of the discussion, we're supposed to be following the stars. We're supposed to be doing greater things. And this is part of the the implementation of that public education system that stops the ability of one from reaching the stars by limiting them to reading, writing, and arithmetic. We have so many talents that are greater than that, that we need to learn first, and then become involved with the reading, writing, and arithmetic to refine them. Because our talents exist without them. A carpenter can can learn a carpentry skill simply by shapes and lengths of ropes and how to double them up and quadruple them up and triple them up and things like that in a, in a simple quantum basic language. And this is what we need to get back to. We get so involved with all these words and everything, and that's pertaining to our job. Nothing more, nothing less. And so we really have to get back to the words in the heart, which aren't written by letters and numbers, but rather by the actions of the people that we see. You know, I had somebody tell me today that he he calls his subscribers on YouTube, my subscribers, yet he professes that we're all supposed to love our neighbors. And he goes on to say, well, I don't know if they're my neighbors because they, they're my subscribers and I haven't talked to them yet. Well, just a man's action should speak to you. So if somebody is professing to be um, trying to enforce the word of the scriptures and he wants people to follow along with that, he calls them the neighbors. He doesn't outright call them my subscribers and then start slandering other people and making accusations about how they're not teaching the word of God. It's inherent when you look at the words and language that other people use that you comprehend the reality of them. And again, I think the only way we can do that is by getting to those scriptures to find out what truly is in our heart. And that's the intent of everything we do. Everything we do, no matter whether it be good intent or bad intent, is in fact an act of God. It's just that we're, we're giving up that ordinance and sanctification to do so in His word and subscribing to another's words. So it's you know it's important that we realize again jesus said yes <laughs> ye will do greater things than i and we're not doing so great folks and i think Absolutely. that's because we're following that dissonance and we really need to come out of her
3: Bri- brian keith may i hey said what's up hey how are you all right keith thank you for that information and brian thank you for for this this is this is pretty much right up my alley um um the information that you I, you know to me i feel like uh everything that you describe is somewhat uh especially towards the end is somewhat uh which what is described as the uh hegelian dialect where you know they they create a situation um and the, and they in in the end they're going to they're going to move people the way that they want to move them but let me let me give you a little something that um you know my wife and i talk about a lot especially with her and she's she tells me this all the time um, one thing that I did learn and and for me, you know, as I started learning information, I wanted to, I want everybody to, to be on the same sheet of music that I was on. Um, the one thing that she told me was, you know, this is the matrix. She understands that, but everybody to a level in this matrix, not everybody's going to reach the higher highs. You know, it may take them a lifetime, two, three, four lifetimes to reach those higher highs. Um, we just happen to be the ones that be blessed to be able to see Uh, what's going on even with with us seeing what we we, we, what we're seeing now doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to reach that higher high it's still going to be a situation where we have to work through um whatever it is that we have within us around us um to get past this point um you know a lot of times as mad as i get about all the things that i see I also um, am very thankful to be alive. I'm 53 years old. I'm very thankful to be alive at this moment to see this madness going on because now it's, it's helping me to direct myself even um, um, in that neural path that Jesus talks about. You know, because I know there's light at the end of the tunnel on the other side, but I need to understand what that light is. And I can, I'm not going to be able to bring people with me. You know, as much as I want to, I can't. So, you know, I understand that we have, we're, we're striving and, uh, like I said, I appreciate you, Brian and Keith, for leaving the message and, 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 and doing all of the work that you're doing. But even the people that's maybe listening to this message may not understand it or get it. They're just getting into it in their infancy stage. At some okay. point, they will get it. So, you know, I just want to uh, put that well, out there.
1: Well, so much stuff has been presented to people, like I mentioned, you know, stuff has been presented as fluff. And I, I don't know how many times I've gone to YouTube to go look up something specific, and I immediately see this one particular video always recommended to me that's about Project Paperclip, and it's like why is it showing me this because I don't even research that stuff because I know this is the fluff stuff, you know we we know that people like Werner von Braun were brought over here and put into um, different agencies, whether it's a, a space-related agency or medical or, or university, things like that. But we don't see the layer underneath. People don't hear about uh, General Hans Kamler. General Hans Kamler was really the heart and soul of what was happening at that time. And he knew more of the, put it this way, he knew where the bodies were buried. All right. And when they apprehended him, they spent 10 months interrogating him. How much knowledge, how much intel does somebody have that it's going to take you 10 months to interrogate this individual? And then afterwards, nobody knows his name. People haven't heard of him. He was just uh, disappeared. I really doubt that he was put in a cushy spot somewhere else or anything like that because this guy was too much of a madman. He, 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 he couldn't stay mellow or hidden under a new name or anything like that anywhere. Uh, there's a book out actually about him called The Hidden Nazi. Uh, I would recommend to people.
3: It's, it's funny you say that as well because... Um... I ran into an article that talked about the Bush family and their origins. Um, in this, in this article, it talks about them actually coming from Germany. Um, and obviously they had a name change. Um, you know, there again, I I, I read the article, um, and I still have to, you still have to go through more research, but they have pictures, they had different things there with that. Um, But it's just the thing is there again um those who have eyes to see let them see those who have ears to hear let them hear um and they show it to you all the time in 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 tv one of the things that you that just sparked in my mind i don't know if you remember the uh, tv show called fringe um that came out some years ago there was an episode where they had a guy that was a nazi uh um uh Nazi uh scientists that they were hunting down and he created this he created this um it wasn't a, a vaccine but he created this sort of gas or something of that nature where they targeted people with blonde hair or brown hair um and when i saw that that instantly sparked to in me was why are they showing that especially if i can't say if i can't say anything out of the ordinary about you know about what happened to uh, Jews in Nazi Germany, without getting bashed, how are they putting that on TV? Because exactly. they're telling you, that, you know,
1: they're telling you everything that they, they're they're planning on doing. Yeah. Yeah you you can't you can't pick out just one little sector and say yeah you can talk about this, but though this other sector, no, you can't talk about them. That's not the way things work. All right. Well. um, I would say I could try and unmute everybody again. Uh, there's a whole lot of background noise last time, but I'll give it a shot here. If we've got, say, one other person that wants to come forward with anything, feel free. Real quick, check on. All right, so everybody's unmuted again. Uh, anybody had anything they want to come forward with, feel free to do so. Um, if not, You know, uh, message me or whatever. Uh, Speak up in the group in tactical sovereignty, administering the first estate, and uh, just comment like on the link for this. There, if you've got any questions or other areas of this that you want covered, because I've got just too much of of the of this um, knowledge that's been presented to me, and. I really think people should see it. It's it's nothing that you could even publish necessarily and put out because people wouldn't even realize what they're looking at. Um, it's that deep and that severe. That's why I tell people every week, you know what, you want to be be able to have the eyes. People say, what does it mean to have the eyes? You know what, you have conversations with your creator. You let the creator know. Yet you deeply desire to know some of these things. You want to have the eyes. But let me tell you at the same time, you've got to be careful what you wish for. Because there are penalties that will be paid if you want to get the information. There are things that may need to be missing in your life. There are roadblocks to you. And the creator will allow those things to be removed. If those things are a roadblock, it's got to find out where your heart's really at, what you really care about. This is why I always say, if you want to learn, start looking into where you're really from, where you're really at, and who you really are. Because they've deceived everybody on all three of those items, and that's one of the best methods of destabilization right there. Keith, did you want to sign out? Brian. Oh, yeah. Brian? How are you doing? What's up?
4: Okay, this is Ken. This is Ken. Um, I want to ask a question and make a couple comments. Was there a problem with your program last week because I wasn't able to get on it on the telephone?
1: Not that I know of, no.
4: Okay, maybe it was just a, a fluke on this end. Uh, I appreciate yeah. you, uh, as the other gentleman said. I appreciate you uh, putting on this program tonight and sharing this information, and I would like to, uh, you know, if others agree and others want to hear, I would like to uh, learn more about this and for you to share some additional information. I also want sure. to ask you, do you know do you know a gentleman named Larry Napier?
1: It sounds familiar.
4: Well, Larry Napier is associated with a company in this country, and I guess... Uh, I don't know him personally. I only know uh, him from uh, listening to his presentations. But he runs a program every week on Saturdays for about an hour, along with a woman named Faya from Israel. That is called Rediscovery of the Heart. And they talk about, well, they talk about many things, but one of the things they talk about is the difference between the ox and the lion and where people are and how our life really needs to be about images of the heart and not, you know, the everyday stuff that we involve ourselves in. So I just think that some of what he talks about is in line with what you're saying also. And that might be of interest to other people. And it's called rediscovery of the heart.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Rediscovery of the heart. Lion of Judah as opposed to ox of the mind. The The mind is the one that is enslaved and hides the true intent of the heart. This is very true. Larry Napier. Yes, I'm quite familiar with him. And that is an awesome explanation. He does an awesome explanation of, of how to think about things. And I, I, I recommend that as well. Because yeah. When we talk about this lion and ox um, deal, I am and I am no longer the ox and now the lion. I bring forth the word of Judah, the house of our father, which art in heaven. And I will do that to the end of my day that I yield. Thanks for bringing that up, brother.
1: I think, you know, and, and yeah, thank you for telling me that because you reminded me of something else as well. Actually, a couple things regarding like the um, ox and the lion. It, people need to realize how much symbolism is used and, they, they, and it's used between some of these mystery schools or secret societies to communicate with each other and you need to be able to know what they are when you see a lot of these things. I would say the two most used over time have been the symbol of a bird, whether it's an eagle or a phoenix, and the symbol of a snake. That's been used many, many times, even on some um, American, there's an American flag that's well-known, don't tread on me with the snake on it, right? That snake's used for a reason. There's a lot of other things that can be treaded on other than the snake. But the the symbols of the eagle and the snake have always been very popular. And if you look at the uh, flag for Mexico, um, it is a eagle that has a snake in its mouth. Okay, and uh, the, the other thing that you, you remind me of as well, because you, you mentioned the word heart, which was something I wanted to talk about briefly here is that there's a lot of movements out there. And I'm not saying that the one that you're brought up is one of them, because I know it's not, okay? But there's a lot of movements out there, and I would actually maybe even call out one of them called the heartfulness movement. There's a lot of these things that are new age or fringe new age. And these things go nothing more than back to the origin of Uh, Crowley with Thelema, or with Helena Blavatsky with the mystery schools, and so much of it is based on the hermeneutics. And if you look at the seven principles of hermeneutics, they all make sense, you know, cause and effect. These these principles, a lot of them all make sense. But when you look at those seven principles, I immediately recognized there was something left out of all those principles there was a who left out who was behind all of those principles and 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 causing them to take action because they're all action principles well who initiated the action where is the creator listed at in there in the principles and they conveniently leave that out and that's what humanism does humanism puts all the focus on man man is god And there is no other God but man. Do as thou wilt. Even you look at uh, the United Nations in their writings, their documents, over and over again, they talk about the right of self-determination. I am in agreement with the right of self-determination. But I know what lays behind it. I know where they're getting it from. The right of self-determination is nothing more than do as thou wilt.
2: Anyway in, in relation to that before we, before we end out, I want to point out one John verse five or chapter five verse seven. Because when we're talking about all these fictional corporations and everything, all laws, statute codes, rules, and regulations and everything, one John five, verse seven says, For there are three that bear record in heaven: the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. With that, I yield. All right. I have have a question. Hey, what's up?
5: Hi, how are you? All
1: right.
5: I have have a question. It's kind of like a a two-part thing. Do you think that we needed somebody to preach to us? That's one part. and Somebody to tell us you know, who we should be, what we should be doing? Or was that just inherently in our nature?
1: I think it can be in. Okay. I think that the second
5: part, go ahead, go ahead.
1: ahead. No, go ahead. I'll answer that afterwards.
5: Two parts. One part is, do you really think that we needed all of these things to tell us what to do? Second part is: Is do you really think the media um, left the people, or did the people leave the media, the journalists? Is there a choice there?
2: Yeah, well, a great question.
5: So the first question is: Do we really need people to preach to us? And the second is about media. Do you think the people? decided what media they would watch, and how much media do you need, and do you think there is really other real media out there that has kind of been left behind?
1: As far as uh, people needing someone to preach to them, or uh, I maybe term it a little bit different. Uh, I would term it maybe as to show them the way, really kind of put it that way. Uh, I would say probably yes, uh, because people were infiltrated and shown a different way, showing a different direction. And the people, for some reason, don't seem to think about consequences. You know, they they don't think of, well, what is it? I think it's the sixth rule of hermeneutics is uh, cause and effect. People don't think about that that there is, you know, a price to pay for your actions. And I think, yeah, they they needed to be maybe not preached to about it, but maybe needed to be more aware of it or made more aware of it. No, as far as
5: what?
1: Background noise.
5: So that the preaching thing, shouldn't that come from your family? I'll tell you, if you came around my family, a politician or a preacher, you'd hear the guns cock in the men's pocket.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, not all the families are brought up the same way. I mean, I, I had a long discussion with somebody today about families and, and how their mother is and how their mother's mother was. And there's a lot of generational curses out there. And You know, and I want to say in the same way that, you know, I had mentioned that people don't think about um, the reaction or or what happens as a result of their actions. uh, The same thing really with the media is is that people are easily entertained and it's easy to slip in uh, misperceptions and untruths to people and use their entertainment to do that. Is all entertainment is? It's controlling the mind. That's what ment is. It's the mind.
2: Mm-hmm. And when you speak about, you know, when you speak about that, I'm, I'm that scriptural guy. I'm going to tell you about Jeremiah one five, where it says, "Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Before thou was cast from the womb, I sanctified thee. I ordained thee a prophet unto the This is what tells us we were born to preach. So no, we shouldn't be listening to them preach. And then when they don't, and they're just doing their job, as I explained earlier, we realize it's our duty to preach again. Isaiah fifty-four verse seventeen: Let no word prosper against thee; no one match to stand up against thee in judgment. Thou shalt condemn. That we're supposed to condemn everybody I, I, that makes I, these I, accusations we're not supposed to be going around making accusations period we're supposed to love our neighbor as our brother as ourselves and therefore recognize right. that we might be making a mistake and so in that go to them in private and bring that issue to them in private through the word of God if he fails to hear it but
5: if you are in Macau, China Or Taramahara Indians, um, a dear friend of mine who I co-authored a book with, um, the Christian missionaries came in there and destroyed Let me, Let me me Um, ask you
1: something. Hold on. Let me ask you something. What's your area code?
5: Whose? Yours. Yes. 414.
1: Okay. Know it. Uh, I've got so many on the board, and I just wanted to... Gets the uh, background noise cut off. So, Yeah. There we go. You.
5: So I guess to follow up with that is I think communities did fine. I think families have their own, um, you know, ways of doing things. Uh, again, if you were to step to my family and start bursting out, they'd slam the door in your face because you shall know somebody
2: by their deeds. That Absolutely, that that's what I was talking about earlier. You shouldn't need any words; you should be able to act. Yeah, the these words creator. are poetry. Yeah. Well, these yeah, that's words why
5: are poetry
1: and songs. That's why I was saying earlier that we really need to get our eyes focused more on our goals and the things that are beneficial to us and our family and to our society. And then, when, so when we run across things that are not beneficial to you, they are not going to lead you towards the ends of meeting your goals, then you push those things aside. And unfortunately, people today are not goal-oriented.
5: When I was growing up, I was about seven years old when the Vietnam boys came home. My aunt, my the aunt sponsor of education, and it was, this is was Milwaukee, Wisconsin and there was nobody helping these boys who were completely addicted to alcohol and drugs. Well, we did, and she was old school, so we took the bus. I would have to take the bus at seven years old down to Mitchell Street, and then we would go to the grocery store, and then we would pick up the vodka because you cannot leave these, you couldn't leave these boys without vodka. And We'd have the sandwiches and hats and everything else like that. Well, across the street was St. John's Basilica, and we happened to feed them on Sundays every day. So, um, God, this is for about six years until we found you know, permanent shelter for all of, all of our boys. Um, and they would spit and spat and degrade my aunt until one day she walked with me through the crowd and to the bishop that was there and said, is this what Jesus would do? And that was about, I don't know, six months into when we first started feeding the veterans. I've, I've been, I've never left the homeless. Um, but see, I actually go out and do something. I don't show up to charities. But that bishop parted his whole little flock. We never paid for a damn thing again <laughs> to include the vodka. St. John's Basilica footed the bell. But we were there, and we finally got permanent, uh, permanent residency for these, these guys. So I think actions speak louder than words. And I think, you know, like, who's got the kids in the cages in the community, and why aren't we, like, getting to know our neighbors and helping them? So I think more of along those lines, because that's how I was, you know, raised. And as far as the media goes, there are real journalists. There's an entirely new world that people have forgotten about. And it's completely different than pundits. So pundits are pundits. They tell you what to think. They tell you what to do. How many hours can you listen to? So I I think deeds are what's missing.
1: I think people need to really get to a point where they start validating or verifying anything that they hear. And because when you're hearing different things, like, you know, the past year or so, uh, that, oh, these hospitals are overwhelmed and stuff, you know what? You can go to the CDC website and go and look up, like, the state of New York. What is their occupancy rate for their hospital beds? They've been at five to 7%. I'm sorry, five to 7% is not overwhelmed. And the same thing, even well, if you We
5: know the agenda. We know the agenda. So if you talk to medical professionals, the agenda is really to get people stuck into the machines. It's not about the vaccine, because most people have been vaccinated in the United States. It's just, you know, it's another thing to dumb them down or harm them or make them sick. It's got nothing to do with that, because medical professionals are not being forced to vaccinate. They're not. That's a lie. So when you turn on real news, you'll, you'll get that information. But those are packs. Those are paid for packs, like the nurses that are anti-vaxxers and screaming, and, and it's the libertarian pack that pays them. Yep. The Kickback club.
1: Well, people need to watch their, their sources of information and their sources of knowledge. And it's the same thing. Um, I see so many of these crazy YouTube channels that are supposed to be like truther channels out there. And a lot of the stuff that they will be spreading are just total lies. I mean, I'll I'll sit down and listen to one of them and uh, I'll, I'll stop it like every 30 seconds and I'll go and research is what they just said. True. Nope. Totally bogus. And no, I'm not getting my.
5: Uh, Hollywood moved to YouTube. So Uh, all of the big, these are multi-millionaire franchises of highly skilled trained um, professionals that you're listening to that pretend like they're you and I, but they're not. So we, we have hand in glove wars, but the real, the real media is winning. It's winning. You know, people are going, I just, just shut up everybody and start to do something in your community. And that's really starting to wave back. And they know that. The oligarchs know that. Won't be long. About three, four years before people really get a cue on who's who. Then you're going to see door slam.
4: <laughs> well, uh, well, you
1: know, Walsh, Walsh, who was a decent guy uh, back when the, oh, John Birch Society, when he started that up, back when it, back when it was decent, you know, he, he said that the time will come where basically those oligarchs are going to be running naked down the street. And I think it's time now that we disrobe them.
5: I would agree. I mean it is it is happening and it's only us that saves us, not in the way anybody else sees fit. Yeah. Um just in basic character and by the deeds and it's that's really it's just really simple.
1: And not everybody will be okay. saved. If there's okay. ones out there that choose to willingly be fooled, there's nothing you can do about that. You you can only you are only you are only responsible for your own salvation, period.
5: And you invest in one another, not in how somebody else sees fit, but as how, you know, what can you build together. Um, wow. That's explosive. So, and that really makes change. You, be, you become the change and people follow you. Open up the doors for those that reciprocate. And geez, you got to look deep in people's eyes now. So, yeah, thanks. So, I mean, this is just like, wow, you guys knocked it out of the park.
1: Keith and, and Brian. It's great. Awesome. Well, I'm glad, glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, and,
4: uh,
2: what was that, Keith? Oh, yeah. I, said, I said, yes, all glory goes to him, all in my spirit. Absolutely.
5: Indeed.
1: Well, until next Sunday night, people, Sunday night, every Sunday night, um, Lord willing, the creek don't rise at 9 p.m. Eastern time. Everybody have a wonderful week.
0: Yes, thank you, Ron. Bye,
5: thank you, guys. Thanks, guys.
1: Yeah, Good night, thanks. everybody.
0: Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help.